All right. Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here on a Tuesday. Let's check it out. November 28th, 2023. Um, so glad that you have joined us. So what we endeavor to do here each and every weekday morning is work our way through a passage of Scripture. That's the Gospel of Matthew for this season. And what we do is we camp out on the passage that we're going to be preaching on for that upcoming Sunday. And we really are digging into that together. It's helpful to me in my preparation. Hopefully it's helpful to you to give you some tools as you study the Word of God for yourself. We're in Matthew 13. And as I mentioned on the devotional yesterday, if you haven't listened to that, go back because it's important for what we're going to be talking about this week. We kind of did a flyover of the entire chapter to try to understand how Matthew 13 functions um, in the relationship of the whole gospel. And essentially, as Jesus has been going about doing his ministry, there have been a variety of responses. Uh, there have been hostile responses on the part of the Pharisees. There have been enthusiastic responses on the part of the crowds. Uh, there's been a wholehearted response on the part of the disciples. There has been sort of a um, uh, sort of a people being caught up in the fervor of the moment, but a wide variety of very different responses to the same message. And what Matthew does here in this Matthew thir in, in this chapter is help us understand behind the scenes what's happening that would explain such radically different responses to the same person. And as we saw in the parable of the sower, Pastor Scott preached on that this past Sunday, is that it's the same seed being scattered, okay, which is the word of God, but it's the soil of the human heart that determines its receptivity. Um, and so, so this, this provides one explanation for why there's such radically different responses. Okay, I don't want to re-preach that sermon now, but it's just to give us some context. Well, now Jesus moves on to a second parable. And let me read the parable that we're going to be digging into this week and try to explain how it functions um, in relationship to the rest of Matthew 13. Verse 24, this is Matthew 13, says this, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and borne grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servant of the master of the house came to him and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, um, this is a fascinating parable because it addresses a different issue than the issue of the, the parable of the sower. The, the parable of the sower answers the question, why so many different responses to the gospel and the kingdom? 
the parable of the weeds attempts to answer, well, what happens to those who respond to this gospel versus those who don't, okay? What, 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 what's the follow-up? What's the conclusion? Or, or what's the, the after-effects of this reality? Now, here, here's, here's some important things related to context, okay? One of the things that um, was a, a fervent part of the Jewish mindset at the time was that when God came to reestablish his kingdom through his long-awaited uh, anointed one, the Messiah, G, um, the Messiah, that, that this would be a judgment upon the nations, okay? That God would gather up his people um, to be a part of his earthly national kingdom, that he would squash the Gentiles, and that he would bring judgment on the nations who had opposed uh, God's people, Israel. That was the common expectation. And there was, this was rooted, of course, in many Old Testament prophecies which predicted such a thing, okay? Now, one of the reasons that Israel rejected its own Messiah, not entirely, but, but most of Israel did, was because Jesus did not meet that expectation. They thought of him as a, uh, that he should be a conquering king, um, but Jesus came as a lowly servant, and not a, not not a servant to set up a uh, a king to set up an earthly kingdom, but a servant to build a spiritual kingdom by transforming men's hearts and minds and forgiving their sins through his death. And what? the gospel writers are, are at pains to show is that this as well was a part of Old Testament prophecy, okay? And that just because it wasn't um, affirmed and believed and looked to doesn't mean it wasn't there. Um, it was there the whole time. And again, that's part of Matthew's process in his gospel is that, for example, he really camps out in the book of Isaiah, to show that God's appointed Messiah first had to be a suffering servant, okay, then was to be a conquering king, okay? And so what this parable does, it, it shows us, okay, the interim reality, okay? And what, what do I mean by that? Well, we do believe, okay, that yes, one day Jesus will return. Yes, one day Jesus will come and establish peace on earth. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. There'll be one king. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We just simply believe that that is going to happen in the future at Jesus's second coming. But for his first coming, he had to deal with sin by his death on the cross. And so the question becomes, what happens between the first okay, coming and the second coming? Um, what about wh what happens in that, in that interim time um, for those who believe in the gospel message and the kingdom message and those who reject it? Again, the common assumption was, was there'll be immediate judgment. And what this parable is showing us is that that's not the case, OK? 
okay, that that there is going to be this already not yet aspect of the kingdom um, until Jesus returns again. Yes, Jesus has come, but he's also going to come again and finish the work that he began. And this parable is meant to show us what life in that interim is going to be like. And the way Jesus compares this or talks about this in this is in this form of the parable. So let's try to identify the main characters here and um, kind of give us a running start into our study for this week. The kingdom of heaven, look at verse 24, may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. So, so again, there is that metaphor of the seed. Um, the sower is Jesus, right? He's scattering seed in his field, okay? Um, and it says that this seed produced a crop, okay? Um, and this is consistent with the parable of the sower, right? Good seed, good soil, good crop, okay? However, and here's cue the music, dun-dun-dun-dun, right? Um, there seemingly is some bad characters. Verse 25, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Now, now what is that about? Well, one of the common ways at the time to sabotage someone's crop was to come and plant weeds in their field, okay? And to scatter bad seed, okay? To scatter uh, weed seed, if you want to call it that. And, and oftentimes, this was done in the dead of the night to sabotage an enemy, uh, to sabotage their crop. And you would not know that this had happened, right, until after the crop and after the seed had grown, germinated, come, came out of the ground, and had 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 and was ready to be harvested, only then could you tell whether um, weeds were intermingled with the good crop. And by the way, this was such a prevalent way to um, to attack one's enemy. There were laws against it. Okay, there were there were strict punishments on the part of the Roman Empire for anyone who would do this to someone else's field. Just imagine just someone coming and burning your crop, okay? Uh, imagine someone coming and, you know, hacking into your computer and stealing your identity. Th th this, is, this is the equivalent, right? Remember, crops, farming, it was the livelihood, the, the, the blood of the land, so to speak, the lifeblood of the land. And so to sabotage someone's crop with weeds was a very, very serious thing to do. And um, because it, it was an untenable situation, how do you separate the weeds from the good crop? It's, it's impossible, right? It's, try, it's like trying to take the yeast out of the flour. So, so why is Jesus telling us this parable, right? He's saying that the, the, the good seed, or the good crop, of course, are those who respond to the kingdom. Those who don't respond to the kingdom are like the bad seed. They're the weeds. They're the tares, all right, if you want to use that term. And, and, and as such, um, they don't produce a crop. They don't produce fruit because there are, they are bad seed. And so Jesus says, those who reject the kingdom are like that. Now, what's the problem, okay? 
Well, if there was immediate judgment upon the bad seed, okay, um, there would be no problem. We would know who has really responded to the gospel, who has really responded to the kingdom, um, who was part of the good crop, the good seed uh, that God had grown. Um, but because judgment, final judgment has not yet come, there's going to be this interim time where guess what? The seeds, good seeds, are growing up alongside the bad seed, the weeds. And they are coexisting. And not only are they coexisting, but oftentimes they are intermingled. And to the extent that sometimes it's difficult to tell one from the other. And Jesus wants us before he tells us how we're to live in that reality, that's where we're going to go tomorrow, right now he wants us to understand that, 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 that this is the reality, that in this life, in this broken world, we are in the already and the not yet. We're, we're in the already in the sense that God has given life to his people. God has scattered good seed. God has caused growth. There, He is producing a crop, a fruit, a harvest of righteousness. But alongside of that, in this broken world, there is the not yet. Not yet has everything been taken fully under the dominion and authority of Christ. Not yet has there been final judgment. Not yet has there been the separating from the, the wheat from the tares or the wheat from the weeds. In this life, they continue to coexist for a time. And obviously, um, that presents a great challenge um, for us, but it also provides a great opportunity. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Let's pray. Lord, um, you've given us parables. You've given us stories to make help us understand things in new ways. And so, Father, we ask now that you would open our eyes to the fact that living in a broken world, while we have victory in Jesus, this victory is not yet fully consummated. And so because of that, we have to live with the effects of sin. We have to live with rebellion. We have to live with um, wickedness in our own hearts, um, not to mention other people's. But Lord, we're looking forward to that day when you will have final dominion and victory. But in the meantime, let us walk with wisdom. Help us as we study this passage this week to learn how. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.